Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Emily Bells on the trend of some Christian colleges eliminating tuition to draw students. But I think the bottom line is they want to be creative. They want to get more students um, enrolled in a Christian education, and they want to eliminate debt for students. That's Emily Bells next. For various reasons you'll hear discussed today, some Christian colleges are experimenting with offering free tuition to some or all of their students. Emily Bells, a writer for Christianity Today, who was previously with World Magazine, investigated this subject in her article, Christian Colleges Try Eliminating Tuition to Draw Students. Emily, tell us what's behind this trend. Not charging tuition seems like it could lead to financial problems for the colleges. Yeah, I think that um, I was at the the Council for Christian Colleges and University Conference um, a year ago, and all of the sessions were about the finances, not all of the sessions, but a lot of the sessions were about the finances of schools. I think it's a question that's on the top of a lot of leaders' minds of these institutions. Um, they know that they have to be creative going forward. We're supposed to hit that demographic cliff in 2026, where at all colleges across the country, it's supposed, enrollment's supposed to drop dramatically Mm. for demographic reasons. So I think there's an urgency among different school leaderships to come up with new ideas and new plans. So yes, uh, this does seem kind of crazy to eliminate tuition. It's a source of revenue, obviously, the main source of revenue. But um, I think that the presidents of these schools that I talked to, they have, uh, they want to shift the mentality about how we pay for school and focus more on generosity from donors. So I think that having a fixed amount, so these students at these different schools are still paying room and board. So that still brings in a slice of revenue for these schools but it does get them out of the practice of tuition, which would, you know, one president said to me, there's this game of discounting tuition where you have to keep discounting it, keep discounting it in the aid packages that you give to students. And um, by eliminating it, they don't have to worry about that kind of spiral of discount that they, that is often happening in higher education. So there's a lot going on, but I think the bottom line is they want to be creative. They want to get more students um, enrolled in a Christian education, and they want to eliminate debt for students and um, try to try to find some structure to make that work long term. I want to continue, of course, with with this subject, but you mentioned something that uh, some may not be aware of. You use the phrase demographic cliff that's uh, coming up in 2026, I mean, that's just a couple years away, and that uh, enrollment at uh, colleges is is expected to dramatically decrease. I'm wondering, uh, can you uh, explain what that is, the demographic cliff? Yeah, so it's basically just following the population trends. Um, so the uh, 
colleges have been anxious about this cliff for a long time. Um, and it's, it's interesting because we just published a story a few months ago about how a lot of colleges are seeing record enrollment. So maybe Christian colleges will be spared the bigger trend if more people are shifting from other universities to Christian colleges. That'll, that'll await to be seen. But the bigger population trend is that there would be a significantly smaller group of students seeking higher education. And part of that is, you know, students doing alternative, um, going to trade school or something like that. But um, all of it is supposed to shift more dramatically in 2026. Mm. Well, in terms of uh, the, the Christian colleges uh, eliminating tuition, do you have an idea of, of how many have uh, begun to do this? And I think you used the word there, at least most are experimenting with it. Yeah, they, the ones that uh, have most recently announced these plans have different approaches to eliminating tuition. Um, so we wrote about four, I believe. There's Sattler College, Geneva College in Pennsylvania, Grace College in Indiana, and uh, Hope College in Michigan. So um, all of them have slightly different approaches. Sattler is eliminating tuition completely for all of its students. It's a small school, so it's a little bit more able to do that. Um, two of the other schools are doing it on an income-focused uh, way so that students who are coming from families that make below a certain amount of money will have free tuition. Um, that's what Geneva and Grace are doing. And then HOPE is doing a pilot program where it's starting with a smaller group of students and um, trying to expand that to its entire student body. Um, it's a much bigger school it's than Sattler, so that's a bigger ask for them to, to pull off that program. But um, if you look around higher ed in general, there's a lot of different approaches. Um, one other idea that schools have had is income sharing agreements where students don't pay tuition, but they pledge after they graduate a certain percentage of their income hmm. goes back to the school. So. There's, there's different approaches and as um, you know, there's two other schools that have already established this, Christian colleges um, who have not been charging tuition and those are Moody Bible Institute and College of the Ozarks. So they've come up with their own creative way to do it. And I think that's just how schools have to figure it out is what's gonna work for your institution, what's gonna work for your alumni giving and your donor base and all of that. So um, it seems like it is different for each. Moody has been doing this for a while. The donors are covering uh, tuition for the undergraduates. Yeah, they um, they still receive uh, financial aid, which is different from, I believe College of the Ozarks does not accept uh, federal aid. Um, but so there's there's just these little tweaks of differences between all these programs, mm -hmm. but yes, Moody's been doing it for a while. So anyone accepted um, has their tuition covered minus federal aid. So there is a, I think you said there is a qualification. It's not across the board, everybody that wants to go there. They, they the families do have to qualify, have a certain level of income, uh, have to be beneath a certain threshold, if you will. Uh, no, at Moody, I believe it's just, if you're accepted into the school, ah. you have your tuition covered. At, at, at other schools, there is an income requirement. Um, 
And I was reading some study in the course of reporting on this story for CT about uh, how much the, the income requirement detracts from people applying to the program. So even if you are below that, that income level, people often won't apply to a program unless it's just generally offered for everyone. So I thought that was kind of interesting that there, if there's just a little barrier to applying for a program, often teenagers will not want to cross that barrier. They'll, <laughs> they'll go for the one that's just free tuition for everybody. Um, so we'll see how these different models work in practice, but it's worked for Moody so far. Well, my guest today on His People is Emily Bells. She is a staff writer for Christianity Today. We're talking about her piece, Christian Colleges Try Eliminating Tuition to Draw Students. And, and for those hearing that, Emily, that does sound a, a, a bit like a, a, a desperate move, possibly, uh, uh, on, on the part of colleges that might be maybe teetering. Uh, I think in your piece, you said something like 18 closed over the course of the pandemic. Yeah, I think there is um, some aspect to that. But again, I guess eliminating tuition is not giving them extra money. So um, so I think that the people that I interviewed, the different presidents of these schools, are were very driven by a missional approach mm. and wanting students to choose a Christian education to be really get that formation that they would get at a Christian college. And I think they also didn't felt that their Christian faith um, motivated them to not add debt to students. So um, I think that was a, a big factor for several schools. And, you know, one president mentioned to me that uh, this is the poorest time of life for these students. And so um, it's a bad time to be charging them a lot of money. They can be in a better position later in life to give back to their school, to their alma mater. So he's thinking this is a better model overall that we would ask alumni to be generous rather than charge an 18-year-old tens of thousands of dollars. So who knows if that'll work, but um, he was a graduate. This is the president of Sattler College. He was a graduate of the Air Force Academy and so was very inspired by how that model works, the the service academies, and was hoping that there might be some lessons for that for Christian higher ed too. And and the model of uh, those academies is it is it tuition free? It must be tuition free, but then you're committing to service mm. afterwards. Um, so in the military, but I think in his mind, you want to commit to kingdom service, whatever that means. So I he he's telling his students. One way or another, you need to be serving God's kingdom, whether it's being, you know, a software developer or a missionary or whatever it is that you're called to, but have that as your mindset and then have generosity as your mindset and giving back to the institution that trained you um, down the line. So I said it's a nice idea, but it's uh, we'll see if it works. Well, I, I was wondering, will they follow up or are they following up? In other words, uh, there's the commitment made to a Christian service, as you say, whatever form that may take. It doesn't necessarily have to be a missionary or a, or a pastor or whatever. It could be somebody that's called to any kind of work. Will they follow up on that? I'm just wondering, well, what if they find that, uh, that after all, they, they you know, did something else? 
Yeah, I, th I think that um, Hope College is having its students sign a covenant that they mm. will give to the school annually every year. It doesn't matter how much, but that is just a commitment that they're making that they will donate in some way as a reflection of getting this gift of free tuition. Um, Sattler, I don't think is having that same requirement, but they they want students to sign, you know, just uh, when they apply to the program, acknowledge that this is what they are committing to. So I'm not sure if there's a way that they can yeah. enforce that later in life, but something they want the students to think about deeply before they sign up for the whole thing. And when you talk about tuition free, I, I mean, the, the tuition at these colleges varies somewhat, but can you give an idea of what tuition is? Maybe, for, I don't know if it's possible to say an average year, average semester at a private Christian college. Obviously, Wheaton, uh, Wheaton would be much more than, you know, Sattler or something like that. Yeah, so I'm looking at uh, Hope College's tuition is listed as $41,000 a year. Mm. I think that's not too out of the um, spectrum of other schools um, at that level. So um, yeah, it's, I mean, I, and obviously, like I mentioned before, these schools will state that number and then they will discount it for students in their financial aid package. But but I think that, yeah, it's, it's a lot of money that we're talking about. Um, for, for students wanting to go to a private college. I don't think we've talked about this yet, Emily, but um, is it for all students, whether they're going in person or online, or do they need to physically attend the college? That's a good question. Um, I know that Sattler's program is in person. Um, I think that there's probably a mix at the bigger schools mm. uh, in terms of students uh, enrolling in classes in person or online. But um, but I think the focus is students who are on campus. I, the uh, Geneva College, it, their example for ex in uh, Pennsylvania, they're requiring it to be Pennsylvania students at the Pennsylvania campus. So um, there, I think there is a, again, going back to the motivation being Christian formation, I think they want students to be there, to be receiving that Christian community and um, interaction with their professors on a daily basis and that sort of thing. And, and you can see, um, as we've passed through the pandemic, many have uh, been more uh, attracted to the online model. And yet at the same time, the, the, that's a whole other debate, you know, online education versus in-person and, and the discipleship aspect, the community aspect, of course, when you attend college in person. Is, is a part of this, or at least is this kind of a consequence of the pandemic and, and uh, students pulling back from attending in person as much? Well, you're giving me a good idea for a future story to report out. So I don't, I don't know if that's the response. I think that um, what we've seen since the pandemic in our reporting on Christian higher ed is that there some institutions have moved more in that direction of online education because it's more affordable for the schools. And I think my interpretation of this tuition-free movement is that these schools are choosing. No, we want to be an institution that students come to that is um, in a place and in a time and have 
that community aspect. So I think maybe there's two different things going on there and both of them kind of responding to the financial crisis that higher ed is in. But um, but yeah, like we said at the beginning, it just seems like everyone's trying to be creative and find which way is gonna work. So maybe this new way of doing room and board. And again, that's, I think that's a part of what you're, to go to your point, all these schools are still charging room and board. So they're still getting revenue from that. Mm-hmm. And if, and if your particular business model is that you have fixed costs with faculty and that sort of thing, then having increased enrollment with room and board actually does increase your revenue. So um, it could, it could work out financially that way, but, but you're right. It's interesting to look at these different paths that, schools are taking whether they think it's important to be online or in person i think we'll look into that a little more well it's interesting as you said uh with the room and board there's still there's still income and and there, there's some adjustment which could be made there uh, i can't help but to wonder if they're removing tuition and as you said i mean hope college was uh is forty thousand a year and uh, that probably is typical I'm, I'm wondering if what, what would be the downside for the schools in other words needing to cut staffing faculty courses services sports maybe might have to go uh, have, have they talked about that that i mean if you decrease the income to that extent i mean it doesn't seem like everything can can be paid for yeah well i can say one thing for sure is sports will probably not be cut mm. at, at any cost um we were just looking at the top uh, uh, top paid people in ministry, and all you know, almost all of them are athletic coaches at Christian colleges. So I think that's something that people put a high value on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that aside, yeah, I think that the if the finances of this do not work out, I think what you would see are um, increasing faculty to student ratios. So. Um, yeah, those kind of cost-cutting things um, that you mentioned. So, uh, and and I imagine that uh, with places like Hope that are doing pilot programs, if they're not, if they're depending on donors to figure out how many students per year they can do free tuition for, then that number might go up and down year to year, and it would be more like a like a scholarship maybe mm. than than like offering free tuition to your student body. Um, so it, it seems like they're they're kind of figuring out what the appetite is for for donors to, to get on board with this new model. And, and I'm wondering, Emily, I don't know if you mentioned it in your piece, uh, Christian colleges try eliminating tuition to draw students, but did you have the opportunity to talk to any of the students in any of these schools that are experiencing the, the tuition-free education to get their reactions? I talked to a couple students at Sattler College. One of them, she had transferred to Sattler from a community college and she was working 40 hours a week to pay her tuition there. So Mm. um, 40 hours on top of uh, full-time education is made me tired to hear about. So um, I, she was obviously thrilled to be, I mean, the students found out basically this semester that they weren't having to pay tuition at that school. So it was a nice Christmas surprise for them, I think. Yes. Um, another, another student I talked to, um, he's the first in his family to go to college. So this is a big um, cost burden for him um, to pay for school. And he was, he was 
also just very, very happy to um, and grateful to Sattler that he did not have to pay tuition this semester. So, um, yeah, it's a big it's a big gift. And um, I it'll be interesting to see how these students respond later in their lives um, in 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 response to the generosity they received. And of course, the hope I would imagine is that this will increase enrollment at these colleges, that it will make attending these particular colleges much more appealing. Yeah, I think uh, obviously if if it's competing with more schools like state universities that are offering free tuition, um, I know that I'm in New York and the state university system is, is now covering tuition um, for students. So I think there's that increased competition and and schools are trying to Christian colleges are trying to join in and find a way to convince students to come to their campuses. Any sense of how the, uh, which of course is the vast majority, how the tuition charging Christian colleges respond to this, or are you getting any reaction from that that uh, contingent? Yeah, that would be um, that. Uh, I haven't heard reactions from schools to this article. Um, I think that. Um, there is generally skepticism about how the economics of it work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sort of, you know, if you were able to raise donor funds to cover everybody, you would have raised the donor funds to cover everybody before. So I think, yeah, there there is a lot of skepticism. But, but I think that maybe it'll encourage other schools to be creative. I mean, if... Geneva can do this for their student body with the income requirements, um, which is how their model is set up. Then maybe other schools will say, huh, we could we could try this too. And um, our school is similar to Geneva. So the demographics and the business side of it might work. Um, so it, maybe it'll it'll prompt some new ideas. I don't know. I think you kind of address this in a different way, but um, you, you, you raise it in your piece that there is the concern that if students are not paying tuition, if they're not financially invested in that way, maybe their academic performance won't won't be quite as strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This has been raised a few times, and the the presidents of Pope and Sattler both sent me different studies about this. Um, that apparently, I mean, because there are programs where already at many institutions where you don't have to pay for your education. Um, but the the studies they sent me showed that students actually did better um, when they didn't have to worry about paying for school in their in terms of their grades um, versus students who had to, you know, be working extra jobs and that sort of thing. But yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it often depends too on your admissions process. So uh, if a school is accepting everybody, then maybe they're going to have more students who aren't that invested who don't have skin in the game um if they're not paying for school but if if it's a stricter admissions process um i imagine that um they'll get students who are engaged and doing well in school well i know i have to let you go here in just a minute emily but you you write in in your article in terms of christian higher education in general you say it's been the best of times and the worst of times. How, how is that? I mean, so 18 have closed, and yet 
uh, CT also has a, a piece running at the same time as yours that, that talks about what is it uh, 11 are have, have record enrollments yeah so it's a complex situation and we're trying not to paint with too broad of a brush about what different schools are experiencing I mean it, it is I live in New York and I watched two of the only two evangelical schools here closed in the last year so um there's some stiff headwinds uh, for schools that have existing debt and are having a hard time keeping enrollment up. Um, and I think that just the changing nature of what students want from higher education means that there's struggles for Christian colleges um, if, if students just want professional development or that credential um, and don't know what the purpose of a Christian education is or what the value of it is. Um, so I think all of those questions are kind of coming to a head for schools. But yeah, like you said, we also are finding these record enrollment numbers after the pandemic. So there is a sense too of that students want that Christian community that you find at a Christian college after all the kind of isolation and uh, dislocation of the pandemic. So I think there's a few layers of things going on, but uh, it's it's sorting itself out these years, and we'll see how that plays out as we come to the demographic cliff, which maybe is, we'll see if it affects Christian schools as much as it affects others. Well, Emily Bells, my guest today on His People, staff writer for Christianity Today, her piece we've been discussing, Christian Colleges Try Eliminating Tuition to Draw Students. You can read it at ChristianityToday.com. And just from what you said, Emily, it sounds like this is a subject that you're going to be kind of following to see how it uh, develops. Yeah, it's a big topic for us at Christianity Today to to follow and make sure that we're keeping our readers informed of what the trends are there. So it's complex, but we're trying to break it down a little bit. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Emily Bells, a writer for Christianity Today. We've been discussing her article, Christian Colleges Try Eliminating Tuition to Draw Students. You can read it by going to ChristianityToday.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join us again on Monday at the same time for another edition of His People.